There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch themselves. I'm Henley, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them, and I tell you about them, so you don't have to watch them, and we are missing our dearest, sweetest Emily this week. Absolutely brokenhearted about it. Brokenhearted. Miss her so much. Miss her so goddamn much. pain is real. Um, (laughs) She's in Florida, though. I believe she's on her way to disney world right now she's having a good time without us and we're just miserable (laughs) crying our eyes out crying weeping weeping trying to hold it together um but sammy it's so good to see you i love you so good to see you henley i love you so much as well (laughs) what's going on did anything scary happen to you this week you know what? Something scary has been happening to me for a little little while now, and I kind of reached a breaking point with it this week. And oh, I'm no. curious to hear if you have any experience with this thing. Oh, and that God. is my phone autocorrects the craziest shit <laughs> that I've absolutely <laughs> never fucking typed in my life. <laughs> yes. Wait, I feel like I have examples, but I need to like look at my messages I, to see yes. them. I've started writing them down because I'm just like, what the fuck? Why do you think that I would say that? Wait, didn't it? Doesn't it? it, it auto, okay, sorry. I don't want to take it away because I remember one that it autocorrected recently from you that really made me laugh. <laughs> It just feels like it's getting worse and worse. Like, I don't remember this ever being a big problem before, but for some reason, lately, it just (laughs) has a mind of its own. And it makes me wonder, do I have a secret second life that I'm not aware of where I'm typing crazy text messages? So my phone is learning these behaviors. Okay. One example I have is I wrote um, sued, S-U-E-D, and it autocorrected it to the German word for South, which to be fair is also sued, but it's a capital S U with an umlaut and D. Wait, what is, what were you trying to say? What is sued? What I, was, are you- I think I was talking about the podcast getting sued. Oh, sued. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Our podcast has not been sued, yeah, but we were God. just, uh, you know, talking about some contingency plans and whatnot. <laughs> what if, what if scenarios. <laughs> what if. And it just changed it to sued, which I've never typed. I've never typed it. And so I just... Uh, how is it choosing a German word to to slot in there? Can I tell you the one that I remember? Yes. Um, which is, I, I don't remember the full details, but you wrote, I think you wrote slap and it, and it capitalized slap to oh, yeah, capital S. Because of, the- <laughs> <laughs> of, of the Will Smith slap? Yeah, because of the slap, because of quote unquote, the slap, the Will Smith no, slap. No, you know what it was? It was Will. I wrote Will 
and it, it capitalized oh, it to Will oh. because I was like, oh, we talked about the Will Smith slap too much. Now my phone that's what only was. thinks that's I'm what talking was. about Will Smith. That's what it was. Okay. That is very funny. All right. What else? What else you got on your list? One that I wrote down was I was writing industry and it corrected it to I dusty. Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, I wrote no problem and it auto corrected it to no BB problem. Like, <laughs> you know, when you say like, hey, BB, but just threw a little BB in the middle of no end problem. <laughs> like, what? And then this one's my personal favorite. I typed interested and it auto corrected it to tete a tete. <laughs> the like French phrase. Tita Tita, maybe. It's almost like it's trying to get you to use a different language. It's like, let's enough of this English keyboard. Like, I want to, I want the phone to be programmed to German. It makes me feel absolutely insane. Like, why do you think I want to type this, you crazy phone? I've never said tete-a-tete. I wouldn't even know how to say it in a sentence. Yeah, if you said that, I would think you're having it. I would think you're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, I it might you know what it must be something with, to do with the new cuz we all just had an update on our phone. Yeah. Um because I just looked on my phone a recent one that happened is that I wrote um gumball and it mm. auto corrected it to gum boil. Gum boil. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not even a thing. Gum gum boil isn't a thing. That's, that's not a thing. thing. No BB problem like what? <laughs> It's not a correct phrase. I don't know. I don't oh know. my god, gumball! So, yeah, it's just been making me feel uh, crazy and questioning my understanding of language. And am I crazy? Is my phone crazy? <laughs> well, it's also we're so we put so much trust in the autocorrect function. I feel like when I'm typing on that keyboard, like who the fuck knows what I'm actually pressing? Yes. But somehow. Somehow the intelligence of our phones have re- has really reached a point where it just like knows what you're going to say. And so it's a little alarming for that uh, function to go away because it's like, yes. no, I need that. Yes, <laughs> I need it you used to, to be know. very reliable. And <laughs> those days seem to be gone for me, at least. I don't know any listeners out there, if you're struggling with the same thing, if there's a setting that I've fucked with somewhere, ooh, please ooh. let me know. I don't want to be accidentally typing tete-a-tete anymore. I'm sick of it. But Henley, did anything scary happen to you this week? I can't imagine if anything did. <laughs> um, so the big news here is that last time, I believe last podcast I was on, I was complaining uh, ferociously about mm. the stomach flu that I had. Mm-hmm. So the real fucking twist of the knife here, you guys, <laughs> is that... Right after, day, truly 48 hours after I've recovered from this stomach flu, um, Silas's daycare has a COVID outbreak and yep. he wakes up with a fever. We don't send him to daycare. We get a call from the daycare saying, oh, two kids, two kids out of five kids have tested positive for COVID. So we test, we do one of those at home tests on Silas, which is like so tragic. Oh, gotta stick the little Q tip up (laughs) Up his his nose. nose. Yeah. Did he hate it? He was already sick and miserable. So everything was bad. Every, and that was, that was bad too. And it was positive. So uh, then I took a test positive. At that moment, I wasn't feeling any symptoms. Tim took a test. He was positive. 
that night I started to feel sick and that was a solid 10, 11 days ago now, 11 days ago. And I'm still like congested, still like I have my hot tea next to me. I had to miss last week's podcast because I like truly couldn't talk. And I've, we've just been sick. We've had to keep Silas home from daycare. I would, Tim and I have been working from home while taking care of a baby. And for me, anyway, I've been very, very sick as well again. Yeah. So all of April, I've been fucking sick as a dog. It was a rough freaking month for you. I hope that things are looking up. You're feeling a little bit better, you said today. I am feeling better. I'm my voice still, is back. Still a little sicky, but a little more energy. A little more energy. Um, Silas <sighs> and I were having like a full on dance rave party to Charlie XCX before this. Oh hell yeah. I was getting my energy up. I was feeling that spring weather outside. Windows are open, like trying to feel the sun on my face. Like Ugh, but the okay, so it's so boring to talk about being sick, and I'm sick of it. So I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. But um, the one thing I did want to mention, in addition to just complaining all day long about uh, having COVID, I love to complain. Complaining is healing. Complaining is necessary. I'm always here to listen to you complain. I understand the importance of it. Don't ever apologize. There's like no, there's like nothing to say about it. But one thing that I did read this week that I really enjoyed was an excerpt from Jesse Klein's new book. Jesse Klein is a, a comedy writer. She wrote um, on Amy Schumer's show. She mm-hmm. wrote uh, Big Mouth. I was going to say, I think I read, she's one of the voices in Big Mouth too, right? She, she's the voice of Jesse in Big Mouth. Yep, um, yep, yep. And she has a new book coming out that's called I'll Show Myself Out and it's essays on motherhood. And she has an excerpt in the cut this week that I read and it prompted me to buy her first book, which I'm almost done with now that i am been really enjoying. But Ooh. I wanted to talk about this excerpt because I was feeling this really hard this week being at home with a baby, 10 months old, trapped in an apartment. And she talks about how she had this realization when her son was two years old, when she was, uh, she heard about Joseph Campbell's The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which is the classic book where he distills the 17 universally traversed steps of the hero's tale as it's been told forever okay, by cultures okay. around the world. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the classic hero's journey is, you the know, the circle. Yes. I-, I can picture the graph of it. But don't ask me any of the steps. Call to action. <laughs> yep. Call to action. I don't yes. know any of this. I don't I don't remember, honestly, any of the steps either, except we all know we, we're all familiar with it. A man is called to do some challenging, difficult task that's far away. He has to hurdles, 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 obstacles, exactly. looking deep within. Exactly. And then finally, he's, you know, heroic at the end. Mm-hmm. So she has this um, realization while she's in uh, the grocery store line buying her son Nom Noms, um, which are these <laughs> like little crackers he's obsessed with. And she's just feeling like bored and miserable and like at her wits end, basically. And um, she has this realization where she says, I'm just going to read it. Um, she says, the truth is that motherhood is a hero's journey. For most of us, it's not a journey outward to the most fantastic and farthest flung places, but inward, downward, to the deepest parts of your strength, to the innermost buried core of everything you are made of, but didn't know was there. 
And what I've learned is that there's a reason motherhood as a story is so infrequently told. It's because for so many people, our safest, sweetest, early earliest memories are nestling in our mother's lap. And if you knew that your mother's journey was intrinsically a hero's journey, you'd have to accept that this memory of womb-like safety, this foundation upon which so much of your, of your identity is built, was often just an illusion. And I was like, damn. And she goes in and it's the rest, the rest of the piece is just as cutting as that part. But being a new mom myself, I've been very attracted to a writer's perspectives on what it's like to be a new mom. And it's kind of surprising how little there is out there. And I think she gets to one reason why it's because no one really wants to talk about it because it's confronting something very vulnerable. Right. So, uh, yeah. Breaking the illusion that we want to keep intact. I I remember kind of the first time, not necessarily specific to my mom or motherhood, but the first time I realized that adults didn't have their shit together when I was like, wait, but <laughs> Hold I, <on>. thought, <laughs> I thought I reached a point where like life was just, you just knew everything that you had to do and you just did it and everything was, you were in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember slowly that illusion being broken. I was like, oh, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. And it's terrifying, right? And As it a is kid, scary. to realize that. So, yeah. how old do you think you were? I don't think I was a kid. I think I was probably in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think realistically, we're not kids when we realize that. I mean, if you do realize that when you're a kid, it's because something like pretty traumatizing has happened to you, most likely. Yeah. But right, I think I'm still dealing with it. I'm still like, oh, but you know. When I'm in my 40s, I'm sure I'll have a better grasp right. on what it means to, right. uh, to do all of this. And it's like, no, every day you have to wake up and like confront the fact that like you're just the same person you were when you were 17. It's happening. It's happening now. It's ha there's this nothing. is it. It's yeah. The cat's out of the bag. <laughs> cat's out of the bag. Anyway, so I, I was very moved by that. And Jesse Klein is also just like a very funny, easy person to read. She's like so smart and... I really enjoy reading things that make me laugh right now. So yeah. I highly recommend reading her first book and checking the second one out as well. Okay. Um, I I will do that. I'm going to add it to my Goodreads, my favorite app, even though it's owned by Amazon. Oh, yeah. I always mean to use Goodreads and then I just like can't. I just can't have anything consistent like that in my life. I go on it like once a year and I'm like, oh, right. This is a thing. My life is built off of those types of things. <laughs> I know. And Letterboxd. <laughs> Goodreads, Letterboxd. Uh, like my calendar app just filled with every single task I have to do. If I don't have a visual reminder of the things that I'm doing, I just feel completely unanchored in space and time. So <laughs> I, God, I'm not like that. I've never been the type of person who like keeps notes. I never write anything down. It's all a mass in my head of me desperately trying to remember what's supposed to be going on. And I can't, I can't be bothered to write any of it down. That terrifies me. That, ter that thought really terrifies me. <laughs> I'm truly, I'm shaking. <laughs> um, okay. You know what else terrifies me? Is that I don't even fucking know what the movie is that we're doing this week. Well, let me tell you, Henley. Uh, uh, get freaking ready. Here it comes. Oh, no. Uh, we are, No, it's not too crazy. We are talking about The House of the Devil. Okay. I've seen this on lots of lists. I yes. know nothing about it. 
It came out in 2009. It was written and directed by Ty West. So it's probably okay. been spoken about a lot lately because of X. Mm-hmm. And it is starring Jocelyn Donahue, Tom Noonan, Mary Warrenov, AJ Bowen, and Greta Gerwig. And it is streaming on Shudder.com. Okay. You know what's so funny is that anytime anyone says Greta, I just assume they're going to say Thunberg afterwards. <laughs> I would love it if Greta Thunberg was in this movie. In 2009, she like wasn't even born yet. <laughs> Did you see that tweet that said Alexander Skarsgård yeah, admits over. he hit Greta Thunberg with his car? I did not get any additional story or context, but just that headline really made me laugh. She's obviously fine. Uh, you know, you know, the first thought that came into my mind when I read that was like, this is a scene in The Simpsons. Like, it's just in the background for some reason. But that's the type yeah, of yeah, shit yeah. that would happen in a show like that. I want to see Greta Thunberg in a Simpsons episode. I'm sure they've done it. I feel like everybody's been in them. I would I feel like she might have already. Yeah, she might have already been in it. I guess that's like the dream is to be a character on The Simpsons. Is that like a life goal? I'm sure for a lot of people. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You love The Simpsons. I bet it's a life goal of yours. I would love it if you were on The Simpsons. No, it's not a life goal because I'm so scared of anyone ever knowing who I am. So it <laughs> can't be a life goal for that reason. But if anyone I knew was ever a character on The Simpsons, I would just die and go to heaven right in that moment. I bet we know somebody that's been on The Simpsons. I'll do some digging and I'll get back to you. Okay, great. Um, some info about House of the Devil. It has a 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 73% on Metacritic, and a 6.3 on IMDb. This is one that I had read the Wikipedia synopsis of, which is something I don't normally do because I just watch the movies. Why did you do that? I think because it had been requested so many times, and I think it was specifically when you were very sensitive to certain things in movies, and I was going to watch it, and I wanted to see before I decided if anything bad happened to a child, and something does, so I skipped it for a while. (laughs) But I've decided that (laughs) my strength has returned, and I'm ready to I'm ready to handle it. Yeah, yeah. Now, as you're recovering from COVID, is the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for that. I'll consider that the warning. Thank you. To make you feel a little better, though, it's I don't think it's that bad. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I'll never try. You uh, since the taking of Deborah Logan when you said there was no kid stuff whatsoever in that. <laughs> the climactic thing is very much a kid thing. Yeah, that's fair. I don't blame you for a second for that. I think that's, uh, I deserve that. Uh, the budget for this film was a modest 900,000. The box office, only 101,000, but it was released on VOD a month before its theatrical release, so I'm sure that had something to do with the box office numbers. Um, this is reminding me, is this part of the whole, Ty West is part of the whole, like, a mumble horror, horror, core? mumble gore, mumble, mumble gore, mumble yes. gore scene, right? Yes. So Ty West, um, I'm not going to remember all of them right now, but it's Tom Rest, the Ty... Tom Rest? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ty West, uh, the Duplass brothers. The guy that did You're Next. Uh, Adam Wingard. Mm, right, right, right. 
And Ty West is in Your Next, mm-hmm. and one of the other guys from Your Next is in this movie, A.J. Bowen. Okay, cool. So, yes, it is part of that, and part of why... Uh, yeah, that's another part of why it's been probably on our radar for a while, just because I tend to enjoy most of their movies. And I liked this one as well. This one was no different. Okay. It was shot on 16 millimeter film using the same styles and techniques as films of the 70s and 80s. So it's very much trying to recreate that vibe, which is not dissimilar to X. Like Mm. he's very much trying to pay tribute to these classic horror films. And he does a really good job. I mean, it looks it looks great. The titular house was infested with ladybugs, some of which can Mm. be seen in some of the shots. Have you ever heard of a cuter infestation in your life? That is adorable. Actually, at Kenyon, where I went to college, they would have like full ladybug infestations in our academic buildings. And they're pretty gross when there are a lot of them. I guess, you know, I think anything is gross when there's a lot of them. Yeah. I think that's true. Like, even if I was in, mm, this is hard to say, and I don't. Don't hold me to it. But even if I was in a swarm of cats, I think I would be like grossed out and freaked out. I think you would, too. I mean, if you ever went into a cat lady's abode, I'm sure it wouldn't feel good in there, you know? Yeah. And I I think just inherently you imagine a swarm, swarm of cats being feral cats, which are just a little scarier. It's terrifying. It's a little terrifying. And that's all I've got as far as trivia goes. So shall we watch this trailer? Let's do it. I can tell you like it. I love it. It's perfect. About the deposit? I'll agree to waive all the deposit stuff. You just give me the first month's down, we'll call it a day, all right? It's hard coming up with all that money, isn't it? Uh, it's going to work out. You're not the one with $84 in a bank account and a check to write on Monday. You know what you should do. Hi. I'm calling in regards to the babysitter flyer posted outside my dorm. Tonight's big eclipse is now well underway. I feel a little weird just dropping you out here in the middle of wherever we are. You have to forgive me, Samantha, because I've not been completely honest. We're from the desert, you know. You see, we... We actually don't have a child. They lied to you. I know. Okay, I know you're right. But it's $400. This equals first month's rent and then some, and all I have to do is sit inside and watch TV. This is huge. This one night changes everything for me. Here we go. Are you not a babysitter? God. Okay, so first of all, it does not look like it was filmed in 2009. So they did a great job yeah, with that. It, it looks authentically of the 80s. It's set in 83. And I think Ty West did a really great job making it feel that way, like by camera techniques and the and the 16 millimeter. It looks great. And even the act, there's something about 
There's something about the acting in the 80s, mm-hmm. just thinking about Halloween and how um, Jamie Lee Curtis, the way that they talk, the way the teenagers talk and the way that yeah. they sound. It's almost like there's like a different accent or something that was used. Yes, I know what you mean. These girls are totally, I mean, Greta Gerwig's Greta Gerwig and I can't help but like think about her, but even she's doing it a little bit. But the main Mm-hmm. Who's who's that actress? I can't remember. Jocelyn Donahue is her name. Okay, she's she feels like she's from the eighties. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, I was surprised by how much it did. It really does feel like it's from another time. Ooh, baby. Okay, I'm scared. Let's freaking get into it. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Okay, so we open on some text that tells us during the 1980s, over 70% of American adults believed in the existence of abusive satanic cults. Another 30% rationalized the lack of evidence due to government cover-ups. The following is based on true, unexplained events, which 
it's not. I don't think it is. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> I always think it's kind of funny when movies do that and they're just like, who fucking cares? Let's just say it is. <laughs> You're like, no one's going to get us in trouble. Oh, We're not going to get in trouble. Okay. Immediately, I'm also thinking about Satanism and the Church of Saint Satan and what we know today is they're actually quite progressive. And uh, like most recently, I've they've been fighting the abortion laws in Texas by claiming religious freedom that because one of their main tenets is bodily autonomy. And so I just love them using religion against itself. It's really excellent stuff. So <laughs> Church of Satan, check it out. Church of Satan, check it out. <laughs> hail hail <laughs> Satan. Hail, hail I know Satan. we're I know we're more a Hakate crew, but I like what I like what the Church of Satan does it was as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we go to a we meet our protagonist, Samantha. Beautiful name. Gorgeous Beautiful. name. Absolutely rolls off the tongue and you're just like, oh, should I name should I name my child Samantha? Similar to Noah from Fresh, I feel like you might Same. want to consider it. <laughs> Maybe Sammy for short. Sammy for short. Or it could also be Sam. So many options. My mom calls me Manth. Does she really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cute. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's there's three options there. Oh my gosh. And she is looking at a place that's up for rent and she really likes it. The landlady is talking to her and saying another girl checked it out, but I didn't I I felt like she seemed a little unreliable. You seem you remind me of my daughter. I'd love to rent you the place. And this is where it looked like Rosemary's Baby. I f- felt like it was the house from Rosemary's Baby. It mm. must not be, but it really looked like it. Uh, anyway, so this landlady agrees to rent her the place, but it is $300 a month with a $300 deposit. And you can see Samantha looking nervous about this, like she might not have enough money. And the landlady agrees to waive the deposit and says, if you just give me first month's rent, we can call it even. I'll have it ready by the end of the week for you. Samantha's very excited about this, but also now needs to figure out how to scrape this money together. She is a college sophomore and heads back to her dorm room and her roommate has hung a sock on the doorknob which we all know what that means had did you ever have a roommate do that um no i don't think so i don't think i did either no because also in college my roommates before like i roomed with my friends i feel like it was like there was like no respect freshman year between anyone if someone like brought (laughs) someone back to uh, like hook up with them like they would just do it and not tell you and you would be like oh well motherfucker like yeah I yeah to either just walk in or yeah exactly i had i had um a roommate have sex just in in the the bed across from me thinking i was asleep and i was like i guess i just pretend to be asleep <laughs> yeah there's no other option <laughs> oh, it's so besides awkward. getting up and interrupting <laughs> which is mortifying for everybody involved college is a wild time i gotta say it really is awful and seeing a dorm room and this having to not go back to your room because your roommates and they're having sex. It did not make me nostalgic. Let me tell you that I do not mm-hmm. miss dorm rooms. No, dorm rooms are terrible. Dorm rooms are hell. Absolute hell. Hell on earth. Mm-hmm. 
So she heads back outside into the um, campus area, biding her time while her roommate finishes having sex. And she comes across a a paper, like a posting for a babysitting job that you can rip off a number for. And she takes a number and heads to a payphone and calls, leaves a voicemail saying, my name's Samantha, I'm interested in this babysitting job. Uh, give me a call back. Immediately, the phone ring after she hangs up. He calls back and says, I can come to uh, your campus. I'll meet you out front of the administration building or something. She says, great. I'll see you then. Or no, she says, she says, great. And then the line goes dead. And she says, do you mean right now? And it's not clear. And he's gone. And so she just goes and waits there. And he never shows up. And it's clear that she waits mm. basically all day because she has no idea. Wow, she she's committed to this she babysitting really, job. She really needs that money. Yeah. So he never comes, and she gets dinner with her best friend, Megan, who is Greta Gerwig. And Greta Gerwig, Megan, says how the pizza is gross. And they're talking about, I wish everyone would shut up about this eclipse tonight, which is just a really weird thing to say. <laughs> like people are talking about it that much Non-stop. and you're upset about it? I'm so <laughs> sick of hearing about the eclipse. And um, just so everybody knows, there was an eclipse yesterday. Oh, I didn't know. On Saturday. So yesterday when we were recording, it will be not yesterday when this comes out. But on this past Saturday, there was a solar eclipse not visible in North America. Oh, I real quick. I also just want to say there's a fake video on the interwebs. Lol. Uh, like <laughs> me saying <laughs> there's a fake video on the Internet. Like, duh, there's so many fake videos in the no. Internet. <laughs> that that the when I watched it first, it fooled me, even though the second time I watched it, I was like, obviously, this is fake. Um, but it got me the first time, which is just is it Tom uh, Cruise's TikTok. I mean, that got me and it still gets me. <laughs> I, I like can't see through the cracks. Deep fakes are terrifying. Deep fakes are too real. But um, no, it's like of it's supposedly someone in the North Pole, I guess, um, watching the moon like rise and set and it, it like blocks out the sun for a second and it makes it look like the moon is extremely close to the earth. Ooh. And it's honestly like beautiful. And even after I realized it was fake, I still watched it like 15 times in a row yeah. because it's really crazy to imagine what it would be like if we actually were this close to the moon and could see it this perfectly and it was beautiful it's like one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen <laughs> i would have fallen for it too space is crazy man who fucking yeah. knows what's happening and also have you seen an excellent film called moonfall <laughs> no wait what is moonfall i feel like i keep hearing about that what it's is not that? excellent it's actually very bad it's halle berry and patrick wilson and the moon is falling to earth because it's hollow and there's aliens inside. Wait, what? This is an old film. No, it's recent. <laughs> what? There's a lot of moon content right now. There's like that Disney Plus show that's moon something. Moon I'm watching that as well. I guess I'm a sucker for moon content. And also, there's like a Cole Sprouse movie. I think it's Cole Sprouse. Or maybe it's his brother. Oh, the HBO one? That's also moon something. Yeah, it's weird. They all came out at the same time. Okay. Anyway, that was a very important tangent. We just <laughs> Thank you for coming with us on that, listeners. Uh, so the town, I guess, won't shut up about this eclipse. 
Um, and Megan and Samantha are very annoyed about hearing about it. And Samantha's talking about how she is stressed about coming up with the money for this apartment. She's excited that she got it, but she only has $85. She needs to pay $300. And Megan is mad at the guy that the babysitting job guy for standing her up. She says, that's so rude. I can't believe he showed you up like that. Showed you up. That's not the right phrase for that. Stood, stood, stood you, you up. I <laughs> showed you up. So like a dance off and step up is where you, sh- where you show people Show them up. Sure. Show them up. Uh, and she says you should tear down the rest of the posters to mess with him so that nobody can be his babysitter. And Smith says, no, I'm not going to do that. And oh, it, this is a, a lunar eclipse, by the way, not a solar eclipse. And sorry, okay. just one more bit of of moon <laughs> talk. Moon content. Moon content is that there is an upcoming lunar eclipse, a blood moon on Sunday, May 15th. And it is visible, I think, from everywhere in North America and South America and parts of Europe. So check it out if you're into that. And Ooh. we can be the people who won't shut up about the eclipse. Yeah, we'll keep reminding you about the blood moon. Mm-hmm. I think I'll try to watch it. I think that sounds fun. Uh, but Samantha's very stressed. After this, uh, she goes back to her dorm room and cries. Um, and she gets back into her room and her roommate tells her, a guy called for you. He left a phone number. And Samantha's very excited. Calls him back. This is the babysitting gig guy. And he says, I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't know how to get in touch with you. I got my schedule got really crazy. If I I found someone that didn't work out and now I'm desperate, I need somebody for tonight. I can pay you double. Please. Can you help me out? And she agrees because she needs that money. Mm hmm. So she doesn't have a car. So Megan gives her a ride to this house, which is in the middle of nowhere, of course. Of course. Uh, the house is the house of the devil. This <laughs> the is house it. of the devil. You think there's a house of the devil's going to be in a crowded <laughs> suburb? No. No, it's remote. It's far away. It's remote. As they're driving there, Megan is still very angry at the guy. She seems too mad. She's very angry that he stood her up earlier. She says, I don't know why you're helping this guy out. And she admits that she has taken down all the signs. She shows her in the backseat. I I did it because I'm so pissed at this guy. And it's like, all right, Megan, why? Like, you're taking this so personally. (laughs) It's not your problem. Yeah. But the drive is feeling very ominous. They pull up to, it's, of course, an old Victorian-looking house. They walk up to the front door. Megan says, I'll come in with you at first to make sure it's not, you know, totally creepy and weird. And of course it is. The guy opens the door. It's an older man. This is Tom Noonan. And one of the first things he says is, such beautiful girls. Okay. (laughs) Which is immediately, get, get out of there. Run away. And they do look uncomfortable, but... They go in and sit down in the living room with him, and he asks to speak to Samantha in private. Megan looks suspicious of this, but Samantha says, you know, it's okay, it's okay, and goes into the kitchen to talk to him, and he says, I, I'm sorry, but I can't pay both of you. Like, the job is just, it's just 
I can only pay one person. And she's like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. She's just here. She's my ride. She won't stay here the whole time. You don't have to pay her. Don't worry. And he's being real weird. His vibe is he's in like a tuxedo and is just not being forthcoming about things, kind of mumbling and just giving a strange vibe and says, I'm, he apologized. He says, I, I'm so sorry. I haven't been totally honest with you. This job isn't for babysitting a child. We don't, we don't have a child, my wife and I. <laughs> it's kind of a huge thing not to be honest about. <laughs> so we, do, we do have a child, but he is an adult now. But the job is for my wife's mother. She is old and she's fine. Um, she's able-bodied. We just, my wife gets very nervous and protective and doesn't like leaving her. And so it's just more for my wife's peace of mind that someone is here in case of emergency. And I knew that if I put up an ad for elderly care, I wouldn't get any responses, which I don't know if that's true, but. I guess babysitting is more in people's skill set at a college Mm -hmm. campus. That's Mm -hmm. fair. And he says, how much will it take? Um, I'll I'll give you an extra hundred. And so that's 200 now because he was doubling her pay before. So it's now $200 that he's offering her. And she's quiet and contemplating. And he says, fine, 300, puts another hundred on the table. And wow. she says four hundred, and damn, he he agrees and gives four gives her four hundred dollar bills for four hours in the eighties. This is pretty, oh, this is some red flags. This is a, this is a lot of money. Uh, no thanks. And something might be up. Don't trust him. And he leaves her the number of a pizza place and an extra. 10 bucks or something for pizza. And M- Megan is again mad and upset that he lied about something when Samantha explains that to her. Megan is picking up on the right vibes. Yeah. She's like really taking things seriously in a way that honestly more people in horror movies should. Yes. And it's funny because at first it seems very unwarranted, but then as it gets further you're like well she's right she's fucking right (laughs) she's definitely right but uh samantha explains you know i really really need this money this is going to cover my first month's rent and more and i'm gonna do this and megan says okay and agrees that she'll be back at 12 30 to come pick her up she says call me if you need anything i'll be at home and she leaves and then back inside the wife comes down. These Their names are Mr. and Mrs. Ullman. So Mrs. Ullman comes down and we meet her. And she looks to me like how I imagine Maris Crane to look, which I don't remember if you mm. watch, watched Frasier, but you don't ever actually see Maris. It's not Niles's wife slash ex-wife. And she's just described as always wearing, it's like a petite woman 
wearing big fur coats all the time. Maris. Maris. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, I was going to be Maris for Halloween once, which is just very funny to be a character that nobody has ever seen (laughs) on screen. I think that's a great, honestly, that's a great Halloween costume. I love it. I also picture Maris having blonde hair. Does this woman have blonde hair? No, she has dark hair. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I've been Niles for Halloween, so. Oh, you have, you have. (laughs) Only makes sense to be Maris. Yes. So Mrs. Ullman sits down on the couch next to Samantha, introduces herself, says, you know, we're really appreciative that you're doing this. My mother just, I feel so much better knowing that there's someone in the house. And then she looks at Samantha, kind of sizes her up a bit and says, the boys must go crazy for you. So again, again, a lot of comments that... They don't love to hear. On her personal appearance. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, have we seen the mother? No. Uh, no. The elderly person? No. Okay. And so they're all dressed up and ready to hit the town, whatever their, whatever their plans for the nights are. Him and his tuxedo, her in her big fur coat. They head out and say, we'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. And I just like that phrase. (laughs) Need to say it more. I used to say it. What was that weird phrase you were saying for a while? Uh, Wet my whistle. (laughs) Wet my whistle. Wet my whistle. I feel like wet my whistle and two shakes of a lamb's tail are in like the same category of phrases. Say just, I need to go wet my whistle. I'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. It's as easy as as that. (laughs) (laughs) And just need to have a little tete-a-tete with my <laughs> gum with your gum boil with my gum boil and i'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail <laughs> so then we see megan driving home on this dark empty road through the woods and she stops to light a cigarette and uses that little push lighter thing what is that called in old cars I think it's just like your cigarette lighter. I think it's literally just a cigarette lighter. Where you just push it in and it heats up and she stops and does that and rolls down her window to get ready to blow smoke out of it. And a man's hand reaches in and lights her cigarette for her. And she is incredibly startled by this, as you would be, because she is in the middle of nowhere. But he's... I don't know, flirting with her a bit and is like, looks like you could use a light. And she's like, where did you, where did you come from? And looks around a bit and he says, are you the babysitter? And she says, no, I was, my friend is, I was dropping her off and he pulls out a gun and shoots her in the head and kills her. Oh my God. That's it? I thought Greg Gerwig was going to be in more of the movie. Nope. I'm shocked. Nope. Just a couple scenes. Oh, my God. So now we go back to Samantha alone in this big house. And this is all very atmospheric. A lot of slow shots. We're like 40 minutes into the movie and not much like the shot in the head is the only scary thing that has happened. But it has a Mm. lot of tension building and dread building. So it's there's I wrote down there's a shot of a a tap dripping and it just stays on this tap dripping for a while. And it reminded me of there's a scene in the lodge where they put Alka-Seltzer in water and some of these insert shots of 
very innocuous things just really can be unsettling in the right context. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. dripping tap is very creepy. Uh, Alka-Seltzer in water can be very creepy. You wouldn't think it, but it is. And she she's walking around exploring the rooms a bit and eventually calls Megan to see if she's gotten home yet. And it goes to voicemail and she calls again, still goes to voicemail. She leaves a message. Megan, are you not home yet? Um, Give me a call back when you get home. And she Mm. relaxes a bit. She calls and orders a pizza. The pizza delivery Mm -hmm. guy is a little off as well, or the the guy on the phone is a little off and is like, oh, what can I, what can I get for you? He's just a little weird with her. So this is the pizza number that was yes. given to her by the Almonds, is their Ol- name? Almonds, yep. It's like almost like so close to being Omen. I know. It's so close. And another movie that I'm sure Ty mm-hmm. West drew some influences from. Mm-hmm. So she sits down and turns on the news and these news reporters are just jabbering on about this lunar eclipse again. Oh, God, they can't (laughs) shut up about it. (laughs) Just everywhere you look. Lunar eclipse this, lunar eclipse that. And they say it's the moon is now almost half under shadow. The peak will be at midnight where the the eclipse reaches its peak. And she turns it off and... Uh, it's again looking through rooms in the house, kind of turning lights on in dark rooms. It feels spooky. Big houses are scary. They're very scary. You don't know what's in there. You just don't know. Yeah. So I think once she kind of checks out all the rooms, there's one room she doesn't look into because I think she thinks it's the grandma's room. And oh but so once she gets a better sense of the place, does a little check everywhere, she relaxes more and she puts on her Walkman and puts on a song and starts really dancing through the house. And one of the trivia things I saw was that Jocelyn Donahue choreographed her own dance here. And it's very much just the kind of dancing you would do if you're just in your house walking down a hall. I'm like, yeah, no <laughs> shit. She choreographed like, It's not like that kind of dance. <laughs> she didn't like plan out the moves in advance. Like saying choreographed implies that she like learned a whole dance. Yeah. She's probably just doing it on instinct. Yeah. And I mean, it is kind of long. And so maybe she does have to, maybe it does have to be choreographed in terms of like editing or into like the, continuity. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe, maybe. it is, but it, it's just funny because it's not, it's, you know, not a, she's just bopping around. Yeah. Yep. A little twists, a little hands in the air sometimes, but, mm. but yeah, it's a- anybody can dance like this. <laughs> sure. And as she's dancing on the second floor of the house, she knocks over a vase and uh, is uh, annoyed at herself. I'm thinking, how expensive is this vase going to be? Is this going to undo this $400? How mm. I have no idea how much a vase costs. And I guess it really depends on the vase. I'm sure, totally there's, a, depends I'm on sure the vase. there's a wide range of Massive costs. range. Um, but she goes and gets a, a dustpan and broom and sweeps up the vase. And something catches her eye in one of the storage closets. And it's a big trash bag filled with shit. 
and not shit like actual no, sorry, shit sorry sorry stuff filled with stuff it's a big stuffed full bag trash bag and she opens it up suspiciously and finds a photograph of a different family with the car that the Olmans just drove away in oh no and clothing and like personal belongings. Personal belongings. And she gets very freaked out. And I got to yep, say, yep, this yep. scene really confused me because I couldn't tell that it was a different family. I thought it was maybe this family, oh. but younger. But oh. I've confirmed that it is a different family via the Wikipedia. And that is what happened. I thought it was slightly unclear. Are there like kids in the photo? It's yeah, it's a husband and wife and son. And but mm. they said that they had a kid that is grown up yeah. now. And so I thought maybe this is just an older photo of them. Yeah, that would confuse me too. But it's not. It's a, And she seems to understand immediately that okay. something is up. She starts getting nervous. She looks outside and sees that there is a van parked outside. Uh, she's getting f- freaked out. She grabs a knife from the kitchen. Mm. Okay. Well, things are... Is escalating quickly. Yeah. And now this is now like an hour into the movie. So it's paced in such a way that it's a lot of buildup. And then the half, the last half hour gets crazier. But yeah, the first hour is all just atmosphere, tension, mm-hmm. one, one moment of someone being shot in the head, <laughs> but mostly just taps dripping. so she grabs a knife she's on edge she hears a bump in the house coming somewhere from upstairs and some footsteps uh she thinks this is probably the grandma waking up she doesn't know if she should check on her if she should go in in the room and (sighs) we see someone's footsteps coming from the van toward the house and she goes upstairs to look at the source of this sound and she she pinpoints something coming from behind a door and she knocks on it and says ma'am are you okay can i can i help you with anything but she doesn't open it and there's no response and it gets quiet again and so she turns around and walks away and the camera pans and we see behind the door that it is the family of three from the photo oh, God. murdered and the son, probably about eight years old, is in the middle of the floor on top of a pentagram. So clearly some sort of satanic ritual has happened where this little boy was at the center of. Oh, my God. He's dead now. He's dead now. Okay. So, yeah, that was the thing. That I read before that I was like, she's probably not going to hear that, but that's it. And we don't see that little boy again. So it's done. Okay. That's, you know what? That's fine. It's, it's fine. I don't need, that honestly bothers me less. We didn't see the boy suffer. Great. And then there's a knock at the door. She's startled, but it's the pizza arriving and she opens the door really quick Mm -hmm. and is like, thank you. Throws the money at him. Keep the change. Good night. And slams it in his face and locks it immediately, which I think is pretty smart. Yeah. And he says through the door. Uh, okay, have a have a nice night, ma'am. She says, you do. And we see that it is the same man that shot Megan in the head. And he yep, just yep, starts yep. circling the house slowly. He is not leaving. Oh, no. Does she notice that he's still there? No. 
Okay. And she decides to call the number that Mr. Ullman, oh, because he had left a phone number for them as well. Like in case of emergency, here's a number you can reach us at. And she calls that and it just does the, we're sorry, this number is not in service or whatever. And (gasps) she dials, she's getting more and more freaked out. She dials 911, but immediately hangs up and says like, snap out of it, get a grip. That's something she says to herself a lot. Get a grip, get a grip. Which, I mean, who's to say if we should be getting a grip in this moment? <laughs> no, no. I mean, all this all this has taught me is that I should never get a grip and always never call get 911. Always call 911. And the uh, phone rings immediately back because 911 calls you back. And mm-hmm. uh, Samantha explains, I'm sorry, I th- I, it was an accident. I, I didn't mean to call. A, it's fine. I don't have anything to report. Samantha. Samantha. (laughs) And a fun little trivia. 911 operator played by Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. Did you just call her Lena Dunham? Lena Dunham. (laughs) Lena Dunham. You know, I'm not not great with names. Pronunciation is not my strong suit. That would throw me off. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Um, Block. Um, that would throw me off hearing Lena Dunham's disembodied voice float out of the screen. I didn't. I didn't recognize it, but okay. I didn't watch Girls, so I feel like I'd have less familiarity with her than some. I want to rewatch Girls. Honestly, yeah. I would. I th- yeah. I'm down to rewatch it. Maybe I'll check it out for a first time. I I found it actually really to be really good. I really People loved it. it. So she Samantha gets the. Sets the pizza out and uses her huge knife that she's been brandishing as a weapon to cut the pizza, which is, you know, pizza, you can usually pretty much just pull it apart. It's very funny. Like, it's clearly pre-sliced and she starts cutting it with this. I don't know why it really just made me laugh. I was like, you don't need to cut it. You just pull (laughs) it. Like, stop it. Stop doing that. (laughs) It's just pizza. You kind of just pull it. Like, do you not know how to eat pizza? It's your first time getting pizza. Just use your hands. (laughs) And she sits down and turns on the TV and starts eating her pizza. Night of the Living Dead is is the, what she is watching, and we see that it's not relaxing her in the way that she was hoping a TV would, so she turns it off. And apparently, I thought this was interesting, Night of the Living Dead is in the public domain, so you don't have to license it. Oh, okay. Fascinating. I didn't even know that any movies were in public domain yes i was that's what i was gonna say i was like what other movies are in the public domain i know certain songs are like a happy birthday or is happy birthday public no domain. i think happy birthday isn't i remember it might not be which is crazy that's why you never hear what do you hear people singing it? yeah i guess you, you hear people you singing do. maybe it, it is do. <laughs> okay well we're just gonna circle back to our disclaimer that we don't know anything and facts are not our strong suits so sorry everyone <laughs> um but yeah night of the living dead public domain interesting okay so then she is eating the pizza but making a pulling a face like it tastes gross and throws it away and then she hears another sound coming from upstairs and again starts exploring trying to find the source of this sound and she goes into one of the bathrooms of the house and pulls back it's like a tense moment of is something behind this shower curtain and she pulls it back and she screams but we see in the shower in the tub 
is just a bunch of cut off hair. Like it's a lot of hair in the tub. And you know me, Ugh. I really hate hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. to me, that's worse than there being a murderer back there. <laughs> that would be really freaky to just find a bunch of hair in a bathtub. Yeah, no thanks. Gross. Uh, but then she finds this third floor of the house. Um, it's not quite an attic because there's a regular staircase to it. But I guess maybe it is an attic. I don't know. It looks like the opposite of a basement. <laughs> sounds like an attic to me. I don't know why. It seems different than most attics because it's not like the stairs that you pull down from the ceiling. Like it's just another staircase as if it's another mm -hmm. level. But she sees or hears some footsteps behind this door in this top floor. And there's a light bulb with a pull string at the top of the stairs. And she slowly, slowly reaches to turn on uh, this light. And as uh, she turns it on, something short circuits and all of the lights in the house go off. <gasps> Scary. And it goes to kind of night vision-y. And we see her... Looking really scared, but then also looking like something is coming over her and she starts looking woozy and dizzy and falling and tripping backwards. We're seeing a shadow of somebody walking behind the door that she was just walking towards and then it opens and we see a hand curling around the door to pull it open. She's very scared by this, but stumbles out and passes out cut to black okay so i guess the pizza was drugged yep that sounds like what's happened and that's yes. why it tastes gross but it's interesting because in the earlier scene megan also said the pizza tasted gross and that was just at a, pe a regular pizza shop they're trying to throw you off they're trying to make you think these girls hate pizza i guess they've never even eaten it before they don't even know how to cut it <laughs> i guess it is that though because because then Samantha suspects the pizza less be because she's like, oh, the pizza oh. tastes gross today. That's something that I know to be true from my earlier interaction. Just all pizza because of the eclipse. The eclipse <laughs> yeah. is fucking with our pizza. Yeah. I that's so weird. What a weird. Like I know it is a little strange. <laughs> uh, but we see now the editing here starts doing these quick flashes of a candle being lit and the moon, the lunar eclipse is now at its peak and the moon looks fully red. Uh, and it's this kind of stylized editing choice that I just, Ty West also did something interesting in X. And it's just not often that you see someone making some creative, inventive editing choices. And I just kind of appreciate it. Most of the time, editing is the invisible art and you don't notice it. So mm. it's kind of nice when someone's like, hey, uh, there's an editor involved here. <laughs> Remember? Editors matter. Editors make the whole thing work. They do. Editors are doing God's work. And I believe Ty West is the editor on this as well. And then we come uh, come back up and see that Samantha is tied up. Uh, on top of a pentagram similar to the oh, similar to the boy in fact exactly oh like God. the boy <laughs> and oh, she God. has been changed changed into like a white robe thing which you hate the in, implication of you're in a different outfit now yuck 
Oh, gross. In walks the omens and the man that we saw kill Megan and deliver the pizza. That's their son. His name is Victor. Oh. Yep. I should have put that together. I should have put two and two together. (laughs) Didn't. I didn't. And they are all in black cloaks, obviously performing this ritual again. And anytime I see people in these types of black cloaks, all I can imagine is the end of hot fuzz and the whole town just being like, it's for the greater good, the greater good. Um, So cloaks aren't so super scary to me. (laughs) No, not really. They're usually they're too they're too outrageous. Yeah. Uh, So they start they're doing this ritual and we for the first time see grandma and she is uh, disfigured looking to me. She looked like the one of the guys from Pan's Labyrinth, the like goat, the goat head one. Um, Yikes. Yeah, she's freaky looking. And Samantha's screaming, trying to get free, trying to break her uh, like hands out of the ties. Her wrists and ankles are tied down. And so she's trying to wiggle her way out of those. But the grandma comes up to her and pulls the robe dress thing like up, pulls her dress up so that she can see her stomach. And she has a like goat skull filled with some blood (laughs) oh my god and she's dipping her finger in the blood and she draws another pentagram on samantha's stomach and then she slices her wrist and pours some of her own blood into this goat skull thing okay and then holds samantha's head still and pours all of the blood into her mouth Samantha, oh my god, it's so gross! And Samantha's screaming, Ew. but then like choking Ew. on the blood. Ew! And the grandmother looks like a goat. She's goat like, yes. I need to see a picture of this. Okay, I need we'll to know find, what yeah, we'll this find a picture. Goat, this goat woman is looking like horrifying, so gross. And at this moment, Samantha's able to get one of her hands loose, and she just slaps this grandma really hard, and grandma screams and falls back, and Samantha grabs the little knife that the grandma had just used to slice her wrist with, and stands up, she like unties all of the ties, gets up, takes that little knife, stabs Mr. Ullman in the stomach with with it and then runs out of the room she's able to get past everybody and they all yell like get her grab her so victor is the first one in pursuit of her chasing her down the halls um he catches up to her in the staircase and grabs her and she turns around and takes her thumb and jabs it real (laughs) (laughs) beautiful beautifully timed real far into his eye socket Oh, and his eye like starts pouring blood. It's gross. And uh, that knocks him down for a minute. She's able to get back away from him, runs all the way down the stairs to now the first floor of the house and runs into Megan's body is just splayed out on the kitchen floor, like blood everywhere, which I'm not sure why they brought her into the house. Maybe it's part of the ritual. I don't know. But must be her. We got to look at her exploded head obviously she knows her friend's dad yeah samantha's terrified by this but also slips in the blood 
and falls and her white nightgown thing. It's a nasty nightgown is what it is to be to be completely yep. frank with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like and it. it's getting completely soaked with blood. So now it's um, turning from white to red. And in the kitchen, she finds her trusty little pizza knife, <laughs> grabs that. Victor comes down again and he has a gun. Um, I guess we knew that because he's shot Megan Mm -hmm. and he shoots at Samantha and it gets her in the shoulder. She's screaming and uh, holding her shoulder with her back to him and he's approaching her from behind. And as he gets close enough, she turns and whips with the knife and slices his throat and kills him. Jesus. Okay. And at this moment, she starts getting flashes of the grandma's face in her mind. Like clearly something is happening happening to her internally where she's just going like, ah, ah. And she pulls up her nightgown and we see black veins spreading underneath where the pentagram was drawn on her stomach. So she's looking like she's in pain and like something is happening to her mind. And... Mrs. Ullman now comes down and and finds her dead son, Victor, and chases Samantha up another flight of stairs and catches her. And again, Samantha is now like writhing in pain. She keeps dipping in and out of these little spells of whatever is going on supernaturally inside of her. And so mm-hmm. Mrs. Ullman says, yeah. It's happening now. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop it. It's gonna it's gonna work in spite of you, you little bitch. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. And then she goes to the window and looks out up at the moon and pulls a wig off, which I guess is what the hair in the in the tub was. Was her styling this wig a specific way? Or cutting her hair off? Does she have her, hair? She doesn't really have hair. It's maybe she cut all her hair. Not off. the same color as the hair. She has like some oh. some like stringy blonde gray hair, but the hair in the tub was all black, which is what the wig is. I don't know. <laughs> Just yeah, she was styling that. She was styling that <laughs> way. That's to, for sure. What was funny happening? to imagine her being like, "Well, the wig is nice, but it could be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> it could be better. It's a special night." And she's looking out at up at the moon and saying, you know, tell me what to do. Give me guidance. Uh, and Samantha gets a moment of lucidity and grabs the knife and stabs Mrs. Ullman in the spine. A gnarly place to stab someone. Oh, like upper or lower spine. It's like right mid, like mid back, right in the middle, which I imagine would also be a really hard place to stab someone. Because your ribs are there, too. So you're having to stab through bone. I know I'm touching my back right now to feel. (laughs) I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. You'd have to stab so hard. Well, Samantha is strong. Yeah, I mean, she's being freaking pushed to her limits right now. You'd have. Adrenaline is thrumming. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Mrs. Ullman dies and Samantha now runs outside screaming. She's far from anything, but she's just fucking running. And she runs into a cemetery and Mr. Ullman catches up with her there somehow. 
even though he's been stabbed in the stomach and is losing immense amounts of blood, it seems. I guess she has been shot also. So they're probably right. neither of them are at peak <laughs> mm-hmm. physical um, stamina running as fast as they can. So he tells her, it's your destiny to accept him. You can kill me. She, she I think, now has the gun also. She, she took that off of Victor. And she's aiming the gun at him and she's he says you can kill me if you want it's not going to change anything you can't stop what's happening to you and she's again clutching her stomach in pain seeing more flashes of grandma in her mind it's getting more frequent more intense something is happening and she looks at him and she raises the gun to her own head oh and he says no and she shoots herself in the head Oh my god, I didn't see that coming. I genuinely did not see that coming. I didn't either. Even though I Holy read shit. the Wikipedia, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> remember. Like, completely forgot. <laughs> In one ear and out the no, other. I didn't remember. That's the thing about all Wikipedia articles mm-hmm. uh, is that you don't remember anything you've ever read from one of them. Exactly. I can almost guarantee it. Um, holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so she's dead. Cut, she's dead. Cut to black. You'd think so. <laughs> but also... Seems dead. Yeah. Okay. So we cut to black and come back up on that, on those newscasters once again saying scientists are baffled by the eclipse. The speed at which the eclipse ended is seemingly impossible. Nobody has ever seen like anything like this before. It ended much faster than it began, which has just never happened in the past. So the scientific community is reeling. And we go down a hospital corridor and into a hospital room and see Samantha with her head covered in bandages. Alive. Alive, but non-responsive. And a nurse is tending to her and saying, you know, poor thing, poor thing. You've been through so much. Stroking her head. And she says, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And then puts her hand on her stomach and says, you and the baby. And <gasps> that's the end of what? the movie. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. So a real Rosemary's Baby influence for sure. What? <laughs> what the fuck? That was unexpected. I don't know how she survived that shot to the head. It's truly through her brain. Like there's, it's not. And it shows it. it. She holds it right to her temple, just above her ear, and shoots it. I don't think there's any coming back from a shot like that. But maybe there's some supernatural things at play. It must be supernatural. Like, there, something was already inside her body that was going to keep her alive. Yeah. Okay, so when the grandmother did the pentagram on her stomach, did she impregnate her? Like, I think so. What is going on? When she drank the goat's blood, was she impregnated? Yeah. I th- when did it happen? Definitely during during that ritual sometime. Is it a pizza baby? <laughs> Is it a pizza baby? It's half pizza? My guess would be that it's a sat- a bit the, the spawn of Satan. Oh, but, or perhaps the grandmother reincarnated? But my money's on Satan. Uh, spawn of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So then we're supposed to believe that the nurse is in on it, too? No, I, I the nurse is her vibe is not sinister. I think she thinks she's just helping a woman, a pregnant woman that, pregnant. that um, was shot in the head. 
Oh my God. Little do they know that that baby's going to come out and it's going to be a literal baby devil. Yep. Well, they need to make a house of the devil too, because like what happens? I know. You know I, I mean? mean, we got, we're getting an X sequel immediately. Where's our house of the devil sequel? All this does is raise questions. Doesn't answer anything. It's kind of fun though. Yeah, it is a fun way to end it. It was unexpected. I thought there was going to be like way more. It's a tight little film. It's a 90 minutes. You absolutely love a 90 minute horror film. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I'm excited to see more of Ty West's stuff. He also has a movie called The Innkeepers that we've had requested. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think he's great. And I enjoyed this a lot. Oh, my God. Sammy, thank you so much. You're right that it was not too scary. No. The stuff with the kid was manageable because we didn't actually ever meet him and I didn't have to use my imagination yeah. at all. No, it's. I think overall it's not too scary. It's it's a medium level one. There's a lot of dread, um, but it's kind of more fun than like a normal conjuring level dread because it's so reminiscent of the 80s yeah, films. It's like, it's like a nostalgic yeah. film almost. It's fun to watch just to see him try to make a movie that looks this way. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I recommend it, listeners, if you haven't seen it and you're brave or even <laughs> moderately brave, give it a try. Ooh. Shudder.com. Scary. <laughs> and remember, don't answer any anonymous calls for babysitting. No. Just don't. And also remember to check out that lunar eclipse on May 15th. The blood moon. <laughs> and ha hail Satan, I guess. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Yeah, there weren't. Uh, should we try to do the 1980s actress accent? I can't even think of what it sounds like. It's like, hi, Bobby. Are you going to the prom? That's pretty good, Henley. Yeah, that sounds like every 80s. I, that is like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bobby. Why can I only think of exactly what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's the only thing that they say. There's the lines are also aren't that dynamic in these movies either. Only, and they're all named Bobby. That's a fact. They're all named Bobby. Um, okay. Well, from all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. Goodbye. 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 That was good. <laughs> Thank you, my friends, for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you had fun hanging with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And if you're interested in things like bonus episodes, video, trailer reactions, and other cool content, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. All right, we love you all forever and ever, starting a while ago and continuing into eternity. Adios. Adios.